Hey, this is Kiran Nagar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have David McDonald again with us. David is a high-performance culture coach. David is known for his talks on growth, leadership, culture building, growth strategies, and leadership development. David, welcome to the show. Ah, uh, thank you, Kiran. It's great to be with you. Let's begin with it, David. Tell us about leadership. Ah, uh, what are the four qualities of a great leader? Oh gosh, that's a great question. You know, I think really the the key qualities that I believe are um, the ability to lead yourself, um, because if we want others to follow us, I think that at the core we have to lead ourselves well, and that's not an easy task. Mm -hmm. uh, leading ourselves is is difficult sometimes, but I I really think that a a great leader um, can lead themselves really well. Mm. And tell us about how does a leader keeps themselves accountable for leading themselves well, and the team accountable for them doing their job well. Yeah, um, I think to to keep yourself accountable, I think one of the things you first have to do is just make a commitment, um, a commitment to yourself, and really be true to your word. Um, I think that's the that's the thing that I found. The other way, of course, is to have an accountability partner, have a coach. Um, have a mastermind group, um, anything that will um, have others help you and and motivate you and to to keep you moving. But but I think the first thing really is to have um, a, a commitment to yourself and and a commitment to your word. And that when you say you're going to do something, you do it because you said you were going to. And so I think that that's the thing that really I, I I would say that's that keeps me motivated, and I think that all of the great leaders that I that I know and I've studied, um, they you know they they do the same thing, and 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 they also have coaches and they have mastermind groups and and an inner circle of people that help them. So let's say that a leader could have a coach, right? Uh, now, how about a leader keeping the team accountable, right? So. What are the ways then? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, keeping the team accountable, I mean, I think is real similar in the sense that you want to first and foremost, get really clear on what the expectations are. And so that means that as the leader, you have to communicate very clearly. You have to communicate what the expectations are in the first place. And, and to some degree too, you need to have the, um, the, the the or the, the the team has to have the freedom to be able to ask and get clear if they're not clear on those expectations. But then beyond that, uh, once you get uh, clear and you make you have a commitment, then it's it's a matter of of asking questions of you know how people are doing, um, what do they need from you, um, what will help them, how can I as a leader help you accomplish uh, what you want to accomplish. And just holding people accountable simply means, you know, just being able to to help them to do what they say that they they're going to do. So, uh, I mean, I, it it sounds simple, but it's not always easy. <laughs> of course, it's simple but not easy. Totally. <laughs> right. So, tell us about high performance. How to uh, uh, like reach the level of your best performance every day? Yeah. Well, you know, honestly. I, th I think it's hard to reach your best performance every day. Um, however, um, I think it's a matter of just a continuous improvement. I think if you have a mindset 
of continually improving and continually getting better, um, you, you will automatically continue to be at your best. But let's face it. I mean, we have days that are down. And so we, you know, we're, we're human and it's, it's, it's hard to be at that peak state all the time. Um, but I think that, um, by virtue of continuing to have that mindset of, of growth, um, it, it, it helps us to, to just keep getting better. The other thing that I would say too, is really to, to develop uh, peak performance is the ability to, to rest and the ability to reflect because, um, you've probably heard it said that it, that experience isn't the best teacher but evaluated experience is. And I think that a lot of leaders just get into this mindset of, I got to keep going, 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 mm -hmm. when really it's, it's, it's okay to stop and to, to reflect back on what you've experienced and ask yourself questions. What did I learn from that? What can I do differently? What will help me to, to be better? Um, you know, it, it, I, I always think, back on, uh, there was a time when I um, was climbing a mountain with some some friends of mine. And um, I don't know, you know, if you've ever climbed mountains or anything, but it, at altitude, it's hard to breathe. And so you have to take things one step at a time. And there are times when you just have to rest. And I re recall this time when we were climbing this mountain and we got to this certain point, it was kind of a plateau on the mountain. And we simply just had to rest and we just had to kind of take a breather, take in some energy. Um, we had to, you know, just, just kind of chill out a little bit. And because we did that, then we had the energy to keep on going. And so I think that, you know, to, to hit, to get to your original question about how to hit peak performance all the time, I really think it's a matter of tuning into your rhythms and rhythms of life and being able to rest and reflect and then be able to take those reflections and move forward to, you know, your next performance. Mm. So evaluated experience. <laughs> so that's the yes. one. <laughs> Thank you so much yes. getting that. That is going to stay sure. and go with me to my grave. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, David, uh, tell us about uh, culture building, okay? So Apple has its own culture, right? While Microsoft has its own culture, uh, both big companies. So what differentiates culture? Because Bill Gates and Steve Jobs like build what they are today, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us about what is not the best, but uh, best way of approaching uh, good cultural building. Yeah. Yeah. So really, when we look at culture, it culture is how we do things around here. So it's, it's really the, the how. And so I always, when I approach culture, I approach it from how are we doing things? What's our behaviors? And so I, while I believe that mission and vision and values are all important, you have to have those things, but how do we, how do we live those out on a day-to-day -day basis? And so I like to start with, you know, Stephen Covey said, you know, begin with the end in mind. I, I take that same approach in culture. So what do we want to see people doing? When we see people doing the things that will lead to our success, what are those things? And so I help companies to 
create the, what I call fundamentals. Some would call them behaviors, but what are those behaviors that will lead to the success of an organization? Those behaviors would be something along the lines of, I'm trying to think of some that you know, my, my, my clients have used, um, practice blameless problem solving, um, listening generously, speaking straight, um, and, and all of those elements, all of those behaviors have within them um, a lot of room for the leader to, to teach and to coach on. So um, culture building really is how do we want people to behave? What do we want them to be doing? And how do we want them to be interacting with each other, with, with our customers, with our vendors, with everyone in our, our environment. And so that's the way I approach culture. And, and I think that the companies, at least the companies that I believe are really, really good at culture, they've, they've defined it and they've defined what their culture is, but then they also practice it because we, you know, it's, it's one thing just to, to, to put words on a wall or put words on a plaque on a wall, but to actually live it out, yeah, it's a different story. And the best companies, know how to do that. They, they, they live it out. Uh, can you tell us how to live it out now? Like uh, any examples uh, of a, any company that you might give or your organization yourself. So anything that can help us gain more insight about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, once, you've, once you've identified what those behaviors are, the, the, the first thing you need to do is create some kind of a, I'll call it a ritual. Some people might call it a cadence or a rhythm of practicing those behaviors. And so let me give you an example. So a lot of our companies that, that we work with um, will have a fundamental of the week. So in other words, there's a behavior of the week. And so they focus on that um, over the, the course of that week. Let's take, for example, one that I talked about earlier, practice blameless problem solving. So that's going to be the, the behavior, let's say, of this week. So every time we get together in a meeting, the first item on the agenda is a short discussion about practicing blameless problem solving. Mm -hmm. And so it might go, it, it might sound something like this. If I'm the leader I'm, and I'm starting the meeting, uh, the first thing I'm going to ask is a, a question about it. Hey, you know, everyone, uh, as you know, our uh, our, our fundamental of the week is practicing blameless problem solving. Just out of curiosity, you know, what gets in the way of that? What, and you know, what, 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 what prevents us from practicing blameless problem solving? And then allow the people to kind of just chime in. And what this does is, and it doesn't have to be a long discussion, two minutes, maybe three minutes tops, um, and then move on to the next item of your agenda. But what this does is it gets it gets people's minds around focusing on what that behavior is. And if you think about it, if you do this in every meeting that you have every day of the week for for one week, focusing on just that one fundamental, you can probably imagine how how good people will get at thinking about practicing blameless problem solving. Mm -hmm actually using practicing blameless problem solving and and actually talking about it it becomes a language within the organization because when something goes wrong then we can say hey let's practice blameless problem solving here let's get to the let's get to the heart of the matter first of all we got to fix it let's whatever it was let's fix it 
Second of all, let's take a look at it and you know dissect the 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 issue. Was it was it a process that wasn't uh, a well designed process? Was it a process that needs to be updated, or did somebody just not follow the process and we need to retrain them? So then then we can you know take action from there. But but uh, practicing blameless problem solving then becomes a way of life and it becomes just how we do things around here. So so that's one way um, of of just talking about it all the time. The, uh, another way, just real quickly, is to to have a, a communication that comes out from the leader uh, of the organization or the leadership team of the or, uh, organization, mm-hmm. just talking about it and and sharing their insights, their, their insights on that fundamental every week. And so if you have, let's say you have a list of these um, fundamentals, these behaviors, um, some of our companies, uh, actually, I have one right here. Some of our companies will actually create a little card that they'll they'll write these these fundamentals on. And, and this particular company has, um, oh gosh, I don't have my glasses on, 31 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of them um, is listen generously. Mm-hmm. And and so they're gonna they're gonna be talking about that um, every 31 weeks. You know, they're gonna take oh. that that fundamental. And just have a rhythm of life within the organization. So I think that if we want to have a high-performing culture, we have to first define what that is. And we define it in terms of our behaviors. Mm-hmm. And then we have to practice it. We have to talk about it. We have to communicate it. We have to, to use it in our language within the organization. We can coach on it. We can teach it. We can you know, give feedback on it. You, if we don't know what good behavior is or good culture is, and we haven't defined it, we can't give really good feedback on it. So that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> but a very important question answer today. So thank you so much for helping us build a good culture. Uh, so one question I have again is there are 31 fundamentals in, uh, in that booklet that you've shown. So are yeah. they practicing uh, one fundamental for like 13 weeks and then moving to the next fundamental or they're practicing one fundamental and the next year they're practicing a new fundamental? So what is the way they are using that? Yeah, they, every week they'll, they'll take a, a fundamental. So, you know, let's say, for example, the first week in January or whenever they start, they'll start on the first one. And, the, you know, the first one in this case has to, happens to be be customer experience focused. Mm. Then the next the next week is be vigilant about data protection. This is a, an, an IT company. Mm-hmm. Um, the the third one is honor your commitments. So the third week in January, let's say they would be talking about and and practicing honoring your commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, so and so forth. So yeah, every week then they would practice one of those fundamentals that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's not to say that the other ones they don't, but you know. And what happens is over a course of time, everyone then, you know, we may be practicing blameless problem solving this week, but I also may talk to a colleague and say, hey, I need you to listen generously for something that I need to share with you right now. Um, is that okay with you? And and so that you you're, you begin to use the language and pull in other fundamentals in the day. And so it's uh it's it then just becomes integrated within the organization totally totally so 
thank you so much for clarifying on that and now we know how to build a good culture uh david tell us about the best ways of reaching out to you uh, your social media your website your email thank yeah sure um i'm on linkedin david mcglennon um that's it. that's probably the easiest way i also have a website davidmcglennon.com and uh, i'm also on instagram as as well i think it's uh, on instagram it's just d e mcglennon and uh, so Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, happy to answer questions or uh, help out in whatever way I can. So do reach out to him, guys. And with that comes our final question. So, David, uh, tell us about, you might have a lot of favorite books. I know because I can see a lot of them there. Which one is yeah. your favorite? <laughs> and <laughs> if there is any point that you like about it, uh, please make that point. Yeah. Boy, you know, somebody, I've, I've had this question asked of me before and, and it's really hard because it's kind of like, you know, it's like asking, you know, who's your favorite child, you know, there's so many books and there's so much to like about, about all of them. Um, you know, and I think that probably the, you know, the thing that, the one that comes top of mind is, um, is called Intentional Living and it's by John Maxwell. Uh, and I, I picked that one out only because I think it was instrumental in my own life and it was in my it was instrumental in my own leadership um, journey because it really talks about being very intentional about your life as opposed to just going through life and and allowing things to happen to you. You can be a causative force in life and and really doing things to to make things happen to the extent that you can control yourself and so i really like that book intentional living is a is a great one to to really um i think take uh control of your life and to really live it intentionally instead of allowing things just to happen to you so intentional living live intentionally guys because if you live that way at least you will have full taste of life <laughs> Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, David, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure meeting you today. It's my pleasure. More about. Thank you so much again. I am your host, Kiran Agrar, signing off. You guys take care. Bye, guys.